Chapter Ten of Mag and Margaret: A Story for Girls by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten: Surprises. Before the noon of that eventful Saturday, Mag Jessup's head was so completely turned by the surprise that had come to her as to make Nora, who was in her usual Saturday temper, say contemptuously that she might as well depend upon a cabbage head to help her. The surprise was simply that Miss Ordway had invited the little girl to take a walk with her that afternoon, and Mrs. Perkins had given permission. "'She is going to her dressmaker's,' Mrs. Perkins explained, "'and she wants you to go along and bring home a bundle for her.' Even such an outing as this was a treat to Mag. She had errands in abundance to do, but most of them were at the branch grocery, on the corner of the avenue, for little things that had been forgotten in the day's order, or else to the branch furnishing store for buttons, or thread, or tape, or such commonplaces. Nearly always she was in a hurry, and had to run just as she was in her work dress. But on this afternoon she was to put on her best dress, and walk with Miss Ordway down any street that she chose to take, exactly said mag gleefully to herself as if i were a girl in a book what if the main object was to have a bundle brought home miss ordway might have sent her for it in a hurry between daylight and dark instead of taking her with her if so small a matter could make mag happy what was it do you think to be invited to try on a dress that was brighter and handsomer than any she had ever touched and had lovely new trimming on it mag doubted her own ears when the order came and looked from one woman to the other in a bewilderment that was almost painful dear me said the dressmaker it will have to be taken in after all what a mouse she is to be sure well miss ordway i left the seams on purpose you know and i can have it ready within an hour's time very well said miss ordway then we will do our other errands and come back for it. The dress is for a little girl of the same size as yourself, she said, turning to Meg with a smile. Do you think she will like it? Oh, ma'am, said Meg, her cheeks aglow. She can't help but like it. It is just lovely. And it will be right becoming to her, too, said the dressmaker with a wise nod miss ordway was a little disappointed because she had hoped that the dress would fit exactly and she could take her charge in new garments to the art gallery where she meant to spend an hour she thought of letting her wear the new hat and sack as meg's little old felt hat of a shape and color that had never fitted her looked worse than ever on this bright spring-like day but the lady decided after taking a critical survey that the blue dress mag wore which was much too long for her and had faded in streaks would look even worse if the new hat and sack were placed in its company so she took her just as she was you seem to like pictures so well that i'm going to take you to look at some worth seeing she said to mag when they were on the street again have you ever been to an art gallery Mag never had, nor anywhere else she might have added, save to a few stores and shops on errands. Miss Ordway watched the girl with no little interest as they wandered through the world of pictures. She was curious to see what effect such splendid works of art would have on the untrained little creature, who yet seemed to know by a sort of instinct which among her own collection of paintings had the best work put on it 
but she was not prepared for the surprise that Meg gave her. They were in the historical room, through which the lady had meant to pass in haste. Nothing there could hold the attention of a child like Meg. Yet the girl stopped suddenly before one large canvas, her cheeks and eyes aglow, her lips parted, and a sort of wondering delight in her eager look. Miss Ordway waited just behind her, and watched and wondered. She could see nothing on the canvas that should hold a child. At last the girl turned in search of her, and asked her eager question. "'Oh, Miss Ordway, can these be the men from Calais? I think it must be. See, the ropes are around their necks, and there is the queen kneeling, and King Edward looking as though he did not know what to do. Isn't it King Edward, Miss Ordway?' "'Upon my word I do not know,' said Miss Ordway, very much astonished. "'Which King Edward do you mean?' "'Why, the one who saved the lives of the six men he had ordered to come to him from Calais, with ropes around their necks. They brought the keys of the castle and the town, you know. And King Edward said to the Queen when she went on her knees to him to save them, "'I wish you were somewhere else, but I cannot refuse you.' "'Really?' said Miss Ordway, with a pleasant laugh. I shall have to rub up my knowledge of English history, if I am to take walks with you. Where did you learn all that, child? I did not suppose you so much as knew that there had been any kings of England. It is in my book, said Meg simply. Don't you remember my history of England that I told you Mr. Frederick lent me? And you have made such good use of it that you recognize the characters when you see their pictures, do you? I think you must be right. Let us see. Yes, you have named the scene correctly, she added, after a moment's reference to her catalogue. I certainly think Mr. Frederick has reason to be proud of his pupil. A wise man once said, Beware of the man of one book. If he had known you, he could have said, Beware of the girl of one book. Meg looked at her with a wistful, questioning gaze in her large eyes. It was clear that she did not understand. He meant, said Miss Ordway kindly, that the man who read and studied one book a great deal would, after a time, come to know so much about it that people who talked with him would need to take care lest they appear very ignorant. Oh, said Meg with a happy smile, I have two books now, Miss Ordway, of my very own, my lovely, beautiful Bible. Every night before I go to sleep I hug and kiss it, and I read in it every day. When I have read it through, I am going to begin at the beginning and read it again. Miss Ordway, with the thoughtful look that was very noticeable in Meg spreading suddenly over her face, is it wrong, do you think, to play Bible? To play Bible? repeated Miss Ordway in great bewilderment. That is an idea quite beyond me. Just what does it mean? Why, said Meg, the ready flush coming into her face, to make it into play, you know, as one can do with English history. I can play that the kings and queens were there, and use my chair for a throne, and the window-seat for a platform, and go through all the talks as they did. And I like to do it with the Bible, but I wasn't sure it would be right. "'How could you manage it with the Bible?' asked Miss Ordway, trying not to smile. "'That would be harder than the history of England, would it not?' 
oh no ma'am i take the flower picture you gave me and set it on my table and put the pressed flowers fastened to a paper that you said you didn't want any more at one side and an orange that miss kate gave me on the other and i play that this is the garden of eden there is a picture of a man that i cut out of the paper for adam and i this with a slight hesitation and a heightening of the pink on her cheeks can be eve you know and the orange is the tree of knowledge of good and evil then miss ordway laughed outright she could not help it despite the fact that poor meg's eyes began to lose their brightness in a film of tears the lady hastened to recover herself and spoke quickly you poor lonely little mouse no i cannot see why there should be any harm in playing it all out as much as you please but i shouldn't think you would like to be eve she did such grave mischief did she nothing was plainer than that meg had not yet caught the fact that through adam and eve came all the trouble that sin causes in this world i thought of that she added gravely and i did not like to play all the time that i was eve but there was nobody else you know and she didn't do any worse than people do now did she people who do not try to obey god mr frederick said there were lots of folks who didn't care anything about obeying him and didn't think anything about it they just kept on disobeying day after day that is being worse than eve was isn't it the conversation was getting too close for miss ordway i don't know but it is she said frankly it is certain anyway that you are a queer little mouse i presume it will do no harm for you to keep on playing you are she for I suspect she was sorry enough for her folly afterwards. "'I am not Eve all the time,' explained Mag. "'There are others, you know. Sometimes I am Sarah, but then she told a lie. I haven't found any real nice people yet that I would like to be all the time. But I haven't got far in the book. I think I will come to someone.' it would be hard to put into words an idea of the disappointment and hope that were marked in mag's tones miss ordway laughed again she could not help it there was such a funny side to this revelation i don't know she said i am afraid if you are in search of a character to represent one who never does wrong you will have to take some angel but i must say i think your way of reading the bible is very interesting I don't know as much about it as I ought. Perhaps if I had thought to try that way of studying it, I might have been wiser. But do you know that we are spending a large part of our hour on this siege of Calais, and not seeing any of the pictures I brought you to look at? We shall have to ring, said Miss Ordway two hours later, as she and her companion reached Mrs. Perkins's door. I left my latch-key in the pocket of the dress I wore this morning. How do you suppose we shall get in, since you are not there to open the door? This began to be a question of some interest. After long waiting, it was Mrs. Perkins who let them in. I am sorry to have kept you waiting so long, she said. My girls are all busy, and I forgot that Mag was out. What has become of her, Miss Ordway? Did you send her home alone? If you did, she has not appeared yet. Here she is said miss ordway her eyes dancing over this tribute to meg's changed appearance then did mrs perkins stare what a wonderful difference a becoming dress and hat and sack could make to be sure well really 
she said at last, trying to recover from her amazement. I should not have known the child if I had met her on the street. Fine feathers make fine birds. The old proverb is true enough. But I hope you will not spoil the child, Miss Ordway. She has her own living to earn, with nobody to help her, and can hardly afford to dress like that. It is a very simple dressing, said Miss Ordway. The dress is made of a wrapper of mine that I could not wear any longer, and is no more expensive goods than the dress that Meg had on was when it was new. And the hat and sack are very cheap. It is simply because the colors and the shape of the garments suit Meg's face and form that they have made such a change in her appearance. "'Upon my word,' said Fred Ainsworth, joining Miss Ordway, as they came up from dinner, "'I believe you are a witch.' I met that small mouse that I used to call Meg in the hall leading to the dining-room, and did not know her. She tells me you have been waving the wand of your enchantment over her. Who would have imagined that a dress that came within a few feet of fitting her, and that was becomingly made, could create such a difference? It is the color chiefly, said Miss Ordway, laughing. The child never had on anything but blue until to-day, and blue, as you said, is the color of all others that she cannot wear. But don't mention clothes, please. I have had such a surprise this afternoon as it will take me months to recover from. While the dress was being finished, it suited my mood to take my charge to the art gallery and show her some of the wonders there. What do you suppose she stopped over, with eyes aglow and her face speaking volumes, and presently poured out questions concerning it? No, not questions, information in the form of questions. Was that really King Edward and the Queen on her knees, and those men with the ropes around their necks? Why, they must surely be the six men from Calais. Imagine it! Where in the name of all that is bewildering did that chicken ever hear of the six men of Calais? asked Frederick. The idea of your not knowing when you are the original cause. Meg says you lent her the history of England, and, judging from what I heard this afternoon, I think she must be committing it to memory. More than that, she is adapting it to the stage, and acting it out in daily life. She confesses to me that she is by turns queen, and lady's maid, and what not. Oh, and more than that, her personations are a trifle mixed. What do you think of her becoming Eve on occasion, and actually eating the forbidden fruit? What? An outburst of laughter, and then the two sat down together in the back parlor, and Miss Ordway went over the experiences of the afternoon. She is a queer little bit of creation, said Frederick. I discovered that the first time I ever said a dozen words to her. It is an awful shame, Miss Ordway, that she should not have an opportunity to study. She ought to be in school instead of dancing attendance on doorbells and being made a drudge for Nora. I wish my father and mother were at home, and I would see if something could not be done for her. She is thirteen years old, small as she is, and a perfect little dunce. No, she is not, said Miss Ordway, with a positive little nod. I'll venture to say that she is better posted in English history, so far as she has gone, than any girl of her age in this city. And now that she has got started, see if she does not make her way, notwithstanding her lack of opportunities. Still, as you say, it is a pity that she should not have some. Is Mrs. Perkins going to take her to the country with her this summer? I presume so, 
Frederick said gloomily, to shell peas and pick berries and drudge. It is a dreadful shame. I don't understand how a woman can think she is doing her duty by an orphan child simply by giving her decent clothes and something to eat. It is too late in the season to accomplish much, said Miss Ordway. But by next fall a way ought certainly to be made for a girl like her to be in school. Let us keep it in mind, Frederick, and see what we can do. End of chapter 10